Hey everybody, my name is Dwayne Burkhardt and you are watching and or listening to Season 2, Episode 8 of The Rugby Report. And for those of you who are celebrating, Happy Easter! Our viewers on YouTube will know that it's Easter Sunday when we're recording this episode because this is the only day each year that I can be persuaded to wear a bright yellow shirt. Anyway, in this episode it is quarterfinals weekend of the European Challenge and Champions Cup, so we will check in on those games and we will have a quick look ahead to next week's URC action. We will also, thanks to Easter, get a rare full look at the weekend's MLR action here in the USA, but we are going to start our coverage today with the abbreviated action in the South Pacific as the Super Rugby Pacific League begins three weeks of round-robin resting. Our weekend of rugby coverage begins in Christchurch as the 4-2 Crusaders hosted winless Pacifica. It was Richie Moonga's 100th Super Rugby game, congratulations Richie, and he wasted no time showing why he is one of the best tens in the world, scoring a penalty goal, a magnificent try assist, and a conversion all in the first 15 minutes. But the Pacifica were not intimidated and scored the next 14 points to take the lead, and then the teams traded tries and the lead, but it was Pacifica that had the 21-17 edge at halftime. But once again in the second half, the men from Moana just could not score. The Crusaders won on a 21-0 run, and they sealed the deal. Full-time score, Crusaders 38, Pacifica 21. And then, the rain, rain, rain came down, down, down as the Brumbies went to Brisbane. My apologies to Winnie the Pooh fans, but it was a wet Friday night in Brizzy as the somewhat desperate Queensland Reds hosted their arch-rivals from Canberra. The Reds came into the game needing to turn their season around, where the Brumbies needed to return to form after a shaky, narrow, and frankly lucky win against the Taz at home last week. The first half of this game was an exciting, if occasionally sloppy, game, though the sloppiness was due to the weather and not the players, with the teams trading tries back and forth and the Brumbies taking a narrow 21-17 lead into the Sheds. But the Reds, a team that desperately needs to show some consistency, struggled again to put together an 80-minute game, and in the second half, simply got blown out by the Brumbies. It was the Brumbies' first win in Brisbane in eight years, and it was a big one. Full-time score, Reds 24, Brumbies 52. The Reds are in trouble, folks, and pressure is mounting on head coach Brad Thorne. But for what it's worth, I can't imagine Reds management being dumb enough to bail on their head coach right now. In my opinion, getting rid of Thorne would be like getting rid of Chuck Yeager as your pilot because the pretzels on your flight were stale. Yes, the Reds have problems, but Thorne isn't one of them. And unless Queensland fans want to return to the bottom of the league, which, just to remind them, is where they were before Thorne came along, they'll stand by their man. Next up, the doozy in Dunedin as the Hurricanes blew into town to face the Highlanders. The Landers were without several starters, including superstar Aaron Smith, but their roster of new faces has been impressive so far. And in the first half, they were again. The Hurricanes threw everything they had at the Highlanders, but only led 8-7 at the break. The second half was harder for the home team, and the Canes eventually pulled away. But as a Highlanders fan... I am extremely encouraged by what I see in this team. 2023 was always going to be a rebuilding year for the Highlanders, but based on what we've seen so far, the future of this team is bright. The Highlanders fell this weekend, but they will be back. 
Full-time score, Highlanders 14, Hurricanes 29. The weekend action wound up in Melbourne where the Rebels hosted the Auckland Blues in a tale-of-two-halves kind of game. Sorry, Dickens fans. In the first half, the Rebels ran while the Blues continued to struggle. And the halftime score was Rebels 17, Blues 13. But in the second half, the Blues woke up and went on a, wait for it, 41 to nil run. And they turned what had been a close game into a rout. Full-time score, Rebels 17, Blues 54. Checking in on my predictions now, I came into round 7 at 27-9 on the season. And this week I was 4-0. Yay! It's my third perfect week this season and my second in a row. And it brings me to 31-9 overall. Once again, next week there are only four Super Rugby games to report on, but one of them is definitely going to be the game of the year so far. Round 8 will start at Mount Smart, where Moana Pacifica will host the Queensland Reds in a game that is, in my opinion, a make-or-break game for the Reds. If the Reds win this game, it will give them some confidence and a boost to salvaging their season. But if Moana manages their first win of the year, then I know we're only halfway through the season, but write it down, folks. If the Reds lose, they're done in 2023. This is a very hard game to call. But if there is any one game on their schedule this season that Pasifika has a real shot at, it's this one. Who wins? I think I'm going to flip a coin on this one and flat out guess. But I'm going to say it. Pasifika finally gets their first win of the season. Pasifika wins. Next up, the Brumbies return home to face the Drua. The Drua are coming off a fun and exciting win against the Rebels, but they have not been a second-half team this year and they will be on the road against one of the best second-half teams in the league. I like the way the Drew are playing right now, but I think the Brumbies will defend their home field. Brumbies win. Saturday night will begin with the game of the year, as the undefeated Chiefs travel down to Wellington to take on the ridiculously hot Hurricanes. The Chiefs have won their first six games for the first time in franchise history, and if they make it seven then I will be a believer and say categorically that they are the team to beat in Super Rugby this year. And if the Canes win, then they will be the team to beat and my odds-on favorite to win it all. The Hurricanes will be at home, and they have risen to the occasion every week this year. But the Chiefs are undefeated. And I think they're going to stay that way. Chiefs win. Round 8 will wind up in Sydney as the Waratahs host the Western Force. The Force have been simply insane in the last 10 minutes of their last three games, but they have nothing to show for it in the standings. The Waratahs have also been tough, and they were surprisingly good in their narrow loss to the Brumbies in their last game. So who wins this battle of the underachievers? Well, if recent history is any guide, the Taz had better go into the last 10 minutes of this game with a hell of a lead. But I think they will. And I think they take this game at home. Waratahs win. Let's head to Europe now, where it was quarterfinals weekend for the European Challenge and Heineken's Cups. In Challenge Cup action, the Scarlets barely edge Claremont in the opener, so they advance. Then on Saturday, Toulon crushed Lyon, and the Glasgow Warriors downed the Joburg Lions. 
And then in the Euro game of the weekend, it was a historic day for Benetton Rugby as they, in a rain-soaked and incredibly hard-fought contest, a game that came right down to the very last second, and I watched every second of this one, folks. Benetton edged out my Cardiff Blues 27-23 and became the first Italian side ever to advance to the semifinal round. So congratulations to them. It's also worth noting, by the way, that in the last two weeks, Benetton has now beaten two of the teams which are immediately above them in the URC table. So there might be a message there. On the Champions Cup side, Leinster just trounced the Leicester Tigers 55-24. Then on Saturday, Toulouse sent the Sharks swimming by a similarly large margin, 54-20, and the Exeter Chiefs simply manhandled the DHL Stormers 42-17 in a result that I, for one, did not see coming. Finally, on Sunday, La Rochelle took out the Saracens, so they will advance as well. Next weekend, URC action returns, and there are some really interesting games, although the first and last ones have the bulk of my personal attention. The weekend starts with a match that has significant postseason implications, as suddenly hot ninth-ranked Benetton will head to Durban in South Africa to take on the suddenly sinking eighth-ranked Sharks. And it is very likely that a postseason berth is on the line here. In other action, the Glasgow Warriors will host the Scarlets, Ulster will host the Dragons, the Bulls will likely trample Zebra, and the Lions will return to Joburg to host Leinster. The Stormers will also face Munster in a game that the Stormers had better not be looking past. Edinburgh will host the Ospreys, and in a game that I refuse to take sides in, my two favorite European teams will battle it out as sixth-ranked Connacht hosts the Cardiff Blues. Now, let's finish up in the USA, where, for the first time this season, all the action is complete before we record the show. So I can tell you that the Utah Warriors remained hot this weekend as they traveled to Houston and defanged the Sabercats 30-24. Next, in a game that will almost certainly end up having major postseason implications, the San Diego Legion traveled to Seattle and upset the Seawolves and their fans at home. Full-time score... 23-20 Legion. Elsewhere, Atlanta beat the D.C. Old Glory 35-27. The New York Ironworkers barely beat struggling Toronto Arrows 29-27. And the New England Free Jacks hosted and hounded my Chicago Hounds. The full-time score, New England 31, Chicago 19. Checking in on the standings now, San Diego is once again atop the West, as someone predicted before the season, me, Seattle has the same record, but sits a couple of points back in second. Houston and Utah also now have the same record, thanks to the Warriors' win this weekend. But despite the head-to-head loss, Houston still has the edge in points and remains third to Utah's fourth. While Dallas and Chicago are, well, also in the league this year. In the East, New England is on top, but the defending champion New York Ironworkers are right behind them. New Orleans and Atlanta are tied for third, while Old Glory is just a point back behind both of them in fifth, and Toronto, well, the Arrows played a lot better this week, but they're still a ways back in the basement. And that's all the time we have, folks. So thank you for watching and or listening to Season 2, Episode 8 of The Rugby Report. Until next time, remember, of all of the inventions in the last 100 years, the dry erase board remains 
the most remarkable. See you next time. Bloopers. World. Scoring a penalty penalty goal. White. No. Nope. 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 The Reds are in trouble, folks. And pressure is mounting on hedge coach. Hedge coach? A hedge? Is he a hedge coach or a head coach? We're gonna check. I'll get back to you. This is a very game. This is a very game. It's a very game hard to call. No, it's a very hard game to call. We'll do it again. Maybe T. This is a very game. I did it again. A very game hard. It's not. It's a very hard game. Why is that hard for me? I wrote the script. Then they will be the odds-on team to win it all. I'm going to do it all again. And I need tea before I do it. But I think they will. And I think they'll take this home. Then on Saturday, Toulouse sent the shark swimming by a similarly Marge. Marge? It's Marge? Is Marge playing? I don't know if Marge is playing. I don't think it's a, it's a men's game, so it could be a man named Marge. But despite the head to head loss, Houston remains in third by the. We're going to do English. We're going to do the broadcast in gibberish and then in English. Or maybe English and then gibberish. We're not sure. T. So good until that point. <laughs>